Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Lackadar Podcast. We are very glad you decided to join us today. Our hope here at Lackadar is that we are more than a podcast, not because of us, but because of God, and that we strive to bring glory to Him because that's the only place where glory is deserved, and that the listeners either come to know Christ if they don't, or built up in their walk with Christ. With that being said, of course, Lackadar does not need to be a substitute for your church body. We pray that you're plugged into a church body and are not letting Lackadar be a substitute for that. But hopefully, Lackadar is helping you in your daily walk. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on our social media pages, which are in the episode description. We hope you enjoy the episode and God uses it. podcast today we have evan sheridan on again to um just have some conversation with us before we get started we're gonna um open up with a word of prayer god thank you for today thank you for all that you've done for us i pray that as we go throughout this time that you just allow us to um have this conversation about you and your love for us god and that uh, it can drive others to you and drive our hearts to you god and i pray that um through this podcast you just allow us to reach somebody and that you just uh, allow Ben to stay strong with it, and you just keep encourage, allow us to keep encouraging him. And I pray that uh, all those that are sick and hurting, that you just uh, help them the way that you see fit, God, and that you just lead our nation back to you. Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Well, welcome back. Hi. Well, yeah, thanks for uh, inviting me to come back. Yeah. Well, well it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, the way to get, so the way it happened okay. was. <laughs> Let's go ahead and have so, this. So, I, I uploaded the video that most of you probably saw, and maybe 30 minutes after the video was posted, me and Jackson get a text asking, are you, are you finding the text? Yes, I am. It was... I'm going to make sure you're honest to this. I'm going to look at it myself, too. It was, to be exact, uh... Is it morally acceptable to just bring myself back to the podcast? <laughs> yeah. That sounds right. Okay. Well, I got a little bit different wording, though. It's, 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 it, yeah. it's a different translation. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I want to invite myself back to the podcast because I like recording with you guys. Yeah, well, we're glad you so, did. If I get criticized for that, so be it. <laughs> you were on the list to get asked anyway, so. Thanks. That makes me feel better about myself. Very exclusive. Yeah, very exclusive. I mean, this is a this is a high end podcast. Mm-hmm. You only take the best of the best. Yep. And then me on this podcast, so it's pretty good. <coughs> okay, so we talk about this a lot on here, but like just a little throwback. Did you listen to Tucker's testimonial? <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> I don't know if I did. Let me go look. Yeah, let me just let me go look. If you don't remember it, after I tell you this, you will. Yeah. When we asked him what his favorite quote, quote was, was, he goes, 
if you can dodge a wrench, you, you can, can dodge, dodge a ball. <laughs> From the movie Dodge. <laughs> and then his brother's was, I have a dream. That was his favorite That was just, that yeah. was just yeah. Yeah. I was like, who said he's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and then a memorable quote from that is, the violin soothes my soul. Ooh. Ooh violins are pretty soothing. So, Tucker and Cole, if you're listening to this, hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. Yeah, I don't think I listen to that testimonial now. Now I gotta go back and listen to it. Yeah. I gotta hear about these wrenches and dodging wrenches and so on and so forth. But... Yeah, I'm thankful to be back. Yeah. We were able to get together and record another uh, another episode. And, Absolutely. And I was telling the I was telling the guys a second ago. I want to kind of do this how we do our uh, personal spiritual disciplines meetings at uh, the church I serve at now, Harvest, where we read the passage together uh, and we take just a few moments to to reflect on it and what it means. I'm actually the passage in question this morning. So if you'd like to kind of join alongside us, is Philippians chapter two. Verses 1 through 11. And uh, I'm preaching on this text this upcoming Sunday, which is probably not relevant to when the, this video, this podcast will be uploaded. But I'm preaching on this passage soon, I to say. So, would any of you, uh, Ben, do you have anything else you need to say I don't, before we dive into I don't it? believe in it. Okay, well, I'd like to read the passage for us, and then we'll take a few moments to reflect, and then we'll go from there. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 2. Starting in verse 1, going all the way to end to verse 11. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Hmm. So what do you all think? y'all's thoughts and reflections there's a lot obviously there's a lot going on in this passage so we'll just take it one one thing at a time yeah and may not don't skip to verse 11 (laughs) so obviously (laughs) uh, you know the thing you know would be kind of like it says in the heading but you know it talks about it a lot in the Mm -hmm. passage yeah uh i mean that's one thing that really jumped out at me that was a big picture thing Mm mm-hmm the, the title of this sermon is going to be uh, The Big Deal. And the, the you know, we, t- we kind of joked around while we were texting back and forth about how I was going to kind of talk about the gentleness of God mm-hmm. uh, towards uh, penitent sinners, right? But, um, and this is kind of in the same realm as that because mm-hmm. we see the, the humility of Christ. 
But so the reason that, you know, the sermon is going to be called The Big Deal is, you know, we, we kind of look at our culture today, and it seems as though everyone just sort of reacts to each other in a way that is, well, I'm, I'm going to try and scream louder than you, mm. and I'm going to try and ignore you, and I'm just going to, if I can scream louder, and if I can have the last word, if I can be the aggressor, if I can be the, if I can be the more dominant voice in the conversation then I will have succeeded in getting my points across. I will have succeeded in reaching you, right? Right. But man, that's really not the call of the believer in Christ. Mm-mm. I mean, it, and it's so it's so countercultural for us to even say that we should take on a form of humility mm. because there's just not a lot of humility going around in culture today. And even, sadly to say, uh, in a lot of our churches with how Christians interact with unbelievers, Right. You know, of co- and of course, this passage is focusing on how believers interact with one another. Mm-hmm. But there is a there is a gentleness that we see here, a, a humility, a counting of others as being more important than yourself, that we as believers really need to apply uh, in our interactions with the with folks who don't know Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. and one thing that's kind of just sticking out to me is that the verse three: "Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit." But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. I know for myself, and I don't know if Jackson can attest to this or not, there's been a little bit of time here these past couple of weeks that I've wanted to get a little bit, not really wanting people to do stuff for me, but not being as, not being humble because I'm like, I'm, I'm just graduated high school, mm-hmm. like, it's about me now, kind of. In a little bit of way. Can you? I mean, yeah, I felt like that a little bit, like, maybe the past week. Yeah. With all the senior uh-huh. stuff, you know, like, yeah, this is supposed to be celebrating. Yeah. And stuff like that. That's kind but of. But it's what... like, that's a, I feel like it's an, it's an accepted, acceptable thing to do, like, minorly. Yeah. This sure, week, yeah. but not like. It's For like a, a full. To go into your life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to start your, the next level. The next of chapter life, of your life. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree with that. I was I was pulled over for speeding the night after I graduated high school, mm. and I was taking a friend uh, I was taking a friend home, and I was I was I just left my house, and this this police officer pulls me over and and I recognize him. His daughter graduated high school with me, mm. and I was like, oh, you know, I graduated with your daughter. And no joke, this guy does not crack a smile. He looks at me straight in the eyes, says, "Son, this is not the way you need to start your life." <laughs> And I was like, I was only going like 10 miles over <laughs> But, you know, you know, you know, talk about sucking the hot air out of me right then and there, yeah. you know. And going back then, you could have easily been, like, been super offended by that. I like, know I'm just graduated. You don't talk to me like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, puffed yourself up in pride. It was a lot bigger than Oh, me, yeah. So, you know. But, but <laughs> still. <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, catch hands with it. Yeah. But, uh. But yeah, you know, y'all's accomplishment is something to be celebrated. For yeah. Sure, you know, and I think it's good that we we celebrate those accomplishments because they are they are a milestone. Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all spent fourteen years in school to get to this place, and you're going to spend another four or five, six years in school now. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as long, you know, long, but just depending on the, the degree program. Right. And uh, but this is a nice way to like look into you know what's coming along. Mm-hmm. And you're right. There's no place for arrogance in the midst of it. Right. But it's not. It's not arrogant to 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 celebrate mm. the milestone that, that God has been gracious to bring you into. Yeah. 
as long as you don't walk away from it thinking you're Aloe Breck. You know, yeah. he says, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. You know, like, don't, don't do that. Yeah. But, you know, this, this verse 3 that you mentioned, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count, your, count others more significant than yourselves. The, the, the hinge point of this is in verse 2, whereas Paul says, complete my joy by being of the same mind. You know, his purpose for this whole passage in Philippians 2, 1 through 11, is for the unity of the church through how they serve one another. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want unity within your church, then serve one another. Mm-hmm. If you want unity within your body of <coughs> believers, then count each other as being more important than yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's that's how we strive towards unity. And there's, there's a couple other things that we need to recognize here, too. He says, by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. You know, and, and to summarize that, it's to sort of look at, okay, what makes you a believer in Christ? And have that conviction. And we know, like, we know what makes us believers in Christ. It's not church mm-hmm. attendance. It's not faithful giving. It's not serving at vacation Bible school. It's not going to youth camp. It's not, it's not all these activities that we can do. But rather, it is trusting in Christ. Mm. You know, it is by God's grace, through faith, that we are brought into the family of God. Okay? And if it's by Him that we're brought into the family of God, and we accept that gift by faith, uh, which is also a gift of God, according to Ephesians 2, mm. then our, our proper response to that as believers is humility in Christ. Because we brought nothing to the table mm. except the sin which makes our salvation necessary. Yeah. You know, there, there's nothing we contribute to the equation in terms of, of giving us favor to, to our salvation. Mm. It's all according to the grace and mercies of God. And so why should we, or why should a church be, be presumptuous or be arrogant in the sense that, well, we're, I'm more important, I should put me first, mm. I should worry about me first, instead of taking the, the humble position of, let's love each other, let's mm. serve one another, let's meet each other's needs, and let's be, as, the, as verse 5 to 11 are going to point out, especially verse 8, let's be sacrificial in how we serve one another, just, mm. be, just as Jesus was sacrificial in the way that he served us. Yeah. And I know for myself that, like, I've heard it said that do you even, if you live in a serving community or you're serving others, you don't have to worry about who's going to serve you. Right. Because if you're serving... And everyone around you serving. Someone is going to be yeah, serving you. Your, your needs will naturally be taken care of as people, as we serve each other. Mm. There is a, uh, I like Paul's <laughs> argument here. You can, did you have something no, to no, say? No, no. Oh, sorry. I, I can plug it in somewhere else. It'll be all right. Okay. The, uh, okay, now, now I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I, I like how Paul begins his argument in verse 1. He, there's these big ifs, right? There's four big ifs here. If there's any encouragement of Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy. And if I'm, if I'm a Philippian Christian reading those words, I know the answer to those words. I know the answer. Like, if they're, like, that's not, Paul's not pointing out four possibilities of Christian reality. Mm-hmm. This is just the way he uses, like, a rhetorical argument, you know? He is pointing out four certainties in the Christian reality. And we look at it. Is there, and maybe it's better if we ask it as a question, is there encouragement in Christ? 
is there comfort from love? You know, when we consider that from a Christian worldview, Mm -hmm. the basis of God's love, does that comfort us? The basis of the believers, the body of believers' love for each other, does that comfort us? Uh, Is there any participation in the Spirit of God? According to scriptures, there is. Mm -hmm. He indwells within us. Is there any affection and sympathy amongst the believers in Christ? And, and if you're the Philippian Christians, who were a, a church that is near and dear to the heart of Paul, mm-hmm. a church that sent Epaphroditus to Paul, and Epaphroditus ends up being sick while he's there, a church that sends love offerings to Paul, a church that, that affirms the gospel and pushes the gospel forward, a church that, you know, they may, they may have some issues, and we'll, we might talk about that in a second. But this is a church where there is affection and there is sympathy for one another. And so if you're a Philippian Christian reading this, you're going, well, yeah, there's encouragement in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's comfort in love. There's, there's participation in the Spirit. There is affection and sympathy. And so from there, Paul's going to launch, well, since there are those things, mm-hmm. complete my joy, which is an interesting word, uh, by being essentially in unity with one another. Mm-hmm. And how does, he, how does he explain that unity? How does he flesh that unity out? It's by serving each other selflessly mm-hmm. and sacrificially. And, 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 in, and in our culture today, that is radical. Yeah. That is a radical type of service and love because it doesn't put oneself first. It puts others first. Mm-hmm. And, and we see that exemplified. Paul makes the point, uh, being found in human form, verse 8, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Mm. You know, and, and that us serving unto death, like even death on a cross, is not it's probably not gonna be a present reality for many American Christians living today. Yeah. But it was a present reality for Philippians. Mm-hmm. It was a present reality for many of the Christians who were living in the Roman Empire at that time. Because mm-hmm. many of them would have been uh, thrown to all beasts in the gladiatorial arenas for their faith because they wouldn't they wouldn't worship Caesar they wouldn't acknowledge Caesar's Lord because Jesus is Lord. Mm. Uh, we know that Saint Peter, uh, or you know as the Gospels call him Peter, uh, is going to be crucified upside down in Rome. Mm. You know we see and we see like the eleven of the twelve disciples are going to be killed for their faith in Christ. Mm. John is the only one who escapes that. And that's only because God spares his life and, and keeps him from being boiled alive. Mm. And so, like, man, they're, 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 when, when Paul writes these words, and we'll kind of get into these words too, because it's really an ancient hymn that the early church used to sing. Uh, when Paul pens these words, though, he, he's pointing out a reality that, hey, you need to be willing to serve each other even unto death, yeah. which, is, which is extremely radical mm. for us today to hear those words. Um, like verse 4 just puts it as simple as it can be I think that each of you look not only for his own interest but also the interests of others yeah. like as simple um, as it can be with the, the easy but like sad part to grasp about is like just about everything about the way that the church should be or the body of believers should be mm-hmm. as radical to the world yeah. Like, yeah. top like there's really nothing mm-hmm. there's no aspect of it that's not Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like just a common herd that like normal people don't mm-hmm. think is weird or something yeah. like that. And even down to, and this is not necessarily, I mean, we, I've not experienced this personally. Well, I'm, it's not 
necessarily bashing one body of believers, but for myself, I've been, Brother Bill Miller has contacted me about preaching at different churches around, and when you go there, it's always like when you walk in, you're like, oh, I don't want to sit in somebody's seat, because, you know, we're like, we're so conditioned, and everyone's so conditioned that this is my seat, you don't sit here, and that's just a little thing in a church, yeah. but like, I mean, no one's told me to get up and move or anything. But yeah, but they thought it. Yeah. <laughs> but even in our churches, we're so conditioned, and I, I know for myself, I find myself in conversation, and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with this. I'm not saying I own the church, but even ourselves, we're like, oh, you should come to my church or come to where I go to church. We center it on us. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong about that. We're not saying we own the church. Right. Necessarily, but well, it's ownership in the sense of I belong to this body. Right. I'm I'm happy and proud to be part of this body yeah. of believers. I right. Want you to experience that as well. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one thing for you to invite like your non-believing friends to come to church, like people who don't regularly attend church. Right. Um, but you know, like for the sake of just trying to get other church people to go to your church for mm-hmm. the sake of adding numbers to your church or, yeah. or well they're my friend I want them to come to church with me like, there, mm-hmm. there's, there's some uh, especially when you want your friends to be able to, to grow in Christ with you right like there's some some nobility to that right but by and large you know we there, there's a little bit of I think the word is tribalism there mm-hmm. where uh, my church is superior to your church yeah because it's my church. Because mm-hmm. these are the people I know. Yeah. But, you know, when we look at the scriptures and we look at how uh, God views the church, like, we're, like I, would, I would be very shocked to think that God thinks more highly of one local body of believers than he does others. Mm-hmm. Because if we are under grace, if we are all saved by grace, mm-hmm then that means that the ground of which we enter God's family is equal. Yeah. Like, no one is higher than the other, no one is lower than the other. Mm-hmm. And so, and we can we can kind of get the picture, like, okay, so Paul Paul's language to the Philippians is different than that of the Galatians. Mm-hmm. You know? But that doesn't change those Christians from being Christians. Right. And it doesn't change the heart of God towards those believers. Mm-hmm. That they are saved by His grace, that they are part of that, that they are His children, and that he loves them. Mm-hmm. And two, like, if a unsaved person, someone who either has convinced themselves they're saved or just outright unsaved, is attending your church, you have more, let's just use this as an example. There's someone who is, and I'm not calling out anyone in particular, someone who's unsaved that attends New Hope Baptist Church. But then someone like, since... Someone that attends the Hope Baptist Church that is a Christian has more in common, most definitely, with a Christian of that's a member of Shiloh than sure. they do of that person that might be on the role of their church, mm-hmm. but is not of the body of Christ. I've, I've heard it said even more drastically than that. I think it was either maybe Francis Chan or Tony Maruta. He said that you have more in common as a Christian with your Christian brothers and sisters who are across the globe mm-hmm. in the Middle East or in China than you do with your American family member mm-hmm. who's related to you by blood. Yeah, I've heard that as well. You know, and that's something to consider. It's mm-hmm. something to think about. It is. So the, to go back to the original point then, why not serve one another? Mm-hmm. Why not love one another? 
And I, I'd really love for us to be able to, to dive into uh, this, this hymn in just a second, this ancient song. But I wanted to kind of, uh, I wanted to give this in the Evan Sheridan version, okay? The ESV, the Evan Sheridan version, right? Here's how I summarize. And this is summarizing verses 2 through 4, by the way, not the entire passage, okay? I wrote, stop thinking so much about yourself and what you want and start putting others' needs before your own. Like, and, it, and Paul says here, like, look not only to your interests, but also to the interests of... Like, he's not saying neglect yourself to the point of, like, he's, like feed yourself, yeah. bathe yourself, mm-hmm. take care of your needs, right? But do not neglect the needs of others. Mm. Do not neglect to care for others. Do not neglect to care for each other. Yeah, because when we even... So we see Jesus even taking care of himself. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And his relationship... He took a nap. He <laughs> exactly. Napped, man. Yeah. His relationship with God, we see him praying by himself. Mm-hmm. So, if Jesus did it, we need to. We should strive to it, too, yeah. Yeah, I, and, like, uh, that kind of, like, during baseball season, I had this, I overheard this conversation where I think it was, it was a, it was maybe one of the coaches talking to somebody else, and they were like, why do you, because, I mean, this is somebody who was, like, helping out, was like, why do you care, like, so much about, like, other people like having their jersey or like having what they need and like even if like you don't have it you know like and they're like i don't know and I, like the coach was like well stop doing that i was like hmm. <laughs> like that's not the <laughs> yeah i was like that's and, probably not the right way to push somebody right <laughs> and you know for that example too is just say I'm going to use Tucker as an example since we've already talked about him. Say Tucker doesn't have his jersey ready and you, you're able to help him in some way. If you choose not to do that, then you're also affecting the team because Tucker is a reflection of the team mm. as well. And that goes for the body of Christ. Yeah. The way I always look at it, you know, like, if you're able to help somebody out and it is not just absolutely detrimental you or your health or something like that then why not yeah right yeah uh, you have the opportunity right it's right there do mm. it. i mean to me it's it's easier when you see someone struggling if you're able to help them right there in that moment it's easier to do it than just to walk past them and yeah, see yeah. them because yeah because then you're just thinking about that person you saw that was sitting there struggling and you're like why didn't i help them well you think about even james chapter two uh I'll just read it for you. James chapter 2, starting verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Mm. You know, and, and we just see from that passage that, well, number one, that, that the works of a believer are a byproduct of their faith. It's not works first, first leading unto faith. Mm. It's faith first leading unto works, mm. you know. But it's like that. Like, if you see someone in need, like, go beyond saying, well, I'll, pr- I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, go beyond that. Go get them a meal. Give them the shirt off your back. Uh, man, if, if they are just having a hard day, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they've experienced some, some personal suffering, some loss, some heartache, 
then then spend a few minutes and encourage them with your words. Mm-hmm. You know, like like take that time to care for one another. Mm. I like I really like what C.S. Lewis said about it. He said, uh, "Humility is not thinking less of yourself; it's thinking of yourself less." Mm. And that's man, that's what it is. Like we we have intrinsic value as men and women who are created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Like that, nothing we do or nothing anybody can do to us will ever take away from that. We have intrinsic value, right? We are valuable creatures. Mm-hmm. But we should treat others as being more valuable than us. Yeah. Even though we have intrinsic value, mm-hmm. but so do they. So yeah. let's treat each other like that. Yeah. In a book I'm reading called uh, "The Men We Need." He kind of talks about this. He says, and when you said pray about it, that kind of made me think about it. He said, when, we, when we're running low on fuel, we don't pray. We don't get to the gas station and pray that fuel would come in. We don't, when we go to a restaurant, pray that the food will come to the table and then it will go in our bellies. So why, when it's about other people, do we get all super spiritual and weird and mm. say, well, I'll pray for you and not do anything for them? Well, that's not to that's not to minimize the importance of prayer. Oh, right, yeah, that's I mean, what he that's I mean, what he said as well. Yeah. yeah, but man, if you can fill a need, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, you know, be like Nike, just do it. Or my uh, one of my favorite animated movies called uh, Oh man, now I, now I just I just blanked on the name. It's the movie with the robots, and it's uh, the the main slogan of like the main character is see a need, fill a need. I can't remember the name of the movie though. It's a, it's a, like cartoon robots. It's not iRobot. That's Will Smith. But um, <laughs> um, Jackson's got us over here. Is it robots? Is it just is robots? The name of the movie. I think it might be. <laughs> is it robots? Yeah. It yep, is it's robots. robots. <laughs> it's just robots. Yeah. See a need, fill a need. So simple. So easy. Mm-hmm. And as we, as we do this among. The body of believers, if each of us are doing this as a body of believers, then we are lending ourselves towards unity as a body in Christ. Mm. And if you, you can go back and you can read John chapter 17 where Jesus prays for the church and for his disciples. Unity is on his mind mm. the whole time. He's praying that God the Father would make them one mm-hmm. in him. Like unity is so important to the heart of Christ. Let me see, let me see. Um, so this ain't... Okay, I see what y'all are doing. They're mocking me, by the way. You can't see it, but they're, they're rubbing their hands after I rub my hands. Boys. All right. Verses 5 through 11. This is, this is the meat. This is the meat and potatoes of the passage right here. Paul says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And can I just start off by saying, leave it to a preacher to quote a song in the middle of a sermon. Which is what Paul does. Like, there is a hymn that the ancient church sang that, you know, the, these are the words from verse 6 on down to verse 11. 
and in the middle of Paul preaching to these Philippians, he goes, oh, by the way, y'all ever heard that song? Let me quote it for you real quick. <laughs> and here you go. He's quoting a song lyric. Okay, we don't know anybody who does that, do we? Okay. <laughs> no, Nobody. We don't. We don't no. do that, especially Alan Breck songs. But we see, we, see, we see Christ in this hymn, and we see him in two ways. We see him, number one, as Christ the servant, which mm. is those first three verses there. And then the second way is we see him as Christ the Lord. Mm. Christ the servant and Christ the Lord. All right. And these verses, you know, they, they're a beautiful picture of what we call Christology. You know, the study of Christ, who mm. Jesus is. Well, these yeah. verses are a beautiful depiction of who Christ is. But we can't forget the main purpose for these verses. Mm. Paul is using the life of Christ as an example to point believers unto so that they would live like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So they would live sacrificially. So they would love one another. So they would care for one another. Leading and lending itself to the unity of the church. Which is mm. so important. I, I feel like, uh, and this may just be a little bit of a rabbit trail. Maybe a little bit of land yeah for you. But in this day and age, unity in the church is hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, it's probably always been hard to come by. I wrote about this. Let me see. While I find it, what do y'all think about those verses? Well, oh, good. Well, I was just I was kind of reading, and. Like it mentioned down in the commentary. The biblical or, scholar commentary. Yeah. Uh, the, the first part of 2 7 where it talks about like he emptied himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like, well, I was re- I read about it on here and it's talking about it has controversy, but in mind, like, that, why is that controversial? Because, like, you know, that's showing, depicting Jesus. Like, what a better way to say it yeah mm-hmm. you know, like he emptied himself yeah i mean so like, much so Go why would why would we not be called to do that yeah well i could i could might speak to the bit why it's controversial theologians over the centuries have argued about what does that mean that he emptied himself did he lose his divinity was he no longer divine was he like what does the emptying of himself what what does it have to do with his divinity as god you know, and in fact, there's a there's a lot of heresies that have kind of like come out of that verse, like Arianism, for instance, which denies the uh, I believe Arianism denies the divinity of God, saying that Jesus gained godhood as he obeyed. But you know, the, the thing about it is, is that this passage is not trying to say that Jesus is not God for a time that he was on earth. Right. But the passage is saying is that Jesus counted equality with God, something that he had, something that he had, mm-hmm. had, had originally had, he counted it as nothing to be grasped. In fact, yeah. the word here for grasp in the original Greek is the word that you would use to say someone is stealing mm-hmm. or someone is reaching for someone that doesn't belong to them. Like that's the, that's, the, that's the implications that Jesus looked at his equality with God as if, if he reached for it, if he went for it, then he would be stealing something that doesn't belong to him. Mm. Not because it didn't belong to him originally, right. but because like that was not his goal. That mm-hmm. was not his mission. Yeah. He, was, he did not come to earth to receive fame, power, wealth, status, and a throne here on earth. Mm-hmm. He came to earth to die to give his life for the ransom of many so that by faith sinners would be saved. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his original purpose. And guys, he could have, like, let's introduce the concept. 
Christ who came, because we saw he had authority over the wind and the waves. Mm -hmm. He had authority over demons. He had authority over death itself. He had all the authority. He could have came and he could have established an earthly kingdom right then and there that would have lasted for however long. And he would have had all those things that so many humans are chasing afterwards. Mm. In fact, the, the people of Israel wanted to install him on the throne and overthrow Rome. Mm. Like there was, there was that point where they were like, let's put this man on the throne, you know, let's give him a microphone, you know. Yeah. But that's not his purpose in coming. Mm. That, that's going to be his purpose in coming the second time. Yeah. You know, he came as a baby this time. He's coming as a king next time. Mm. Okay. And even emptying himself physically on the cross. I mean, no no more blood to bleed. Yeah. Water coming out of his side whenever he was stabbed in the side. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing left to give. I, I, like the, I like the connection in verse 7 to being emptied himself. How did he empty himself? By taking the form of a servant. Mm-hmm. And the, the word there is literally bondservant. It's a servant for life. It's not a servant temporary that would have been common in those times. Uh, it would have been a bond servant who would have been a permanent slave, someone who is permanently indentured to somebody, mm. which is just to say of his service that he didn't consider even it to be a temporary thing. It was going to be an everlasting thing. And we mm. see that as an everlasting thing even still today because the three men in this room have been saved. Mm-hmm. Like if that servanthood only lasts for his earthly ministry, then would it ended with his earthly ministry. Yeah. But it continues on today where he is with God the Father, according to Hebrews, advocating on our behalf for the Father, even in mm. heaven today. Like he's even, even now, he is serving the body of Christ by advocating on our behalf before God the Father. Mm. Isn't that something to behold? Mm-hmm. And then also, I mean, even, even down to when Mary was pregnant with Jesus, when she goes to the end, she could have said, you don't understand, the angels told me. You know, they said there, there's no room. Mm-hmm. And she could have said, you don't understand, the angels told me this is the Son of God. Even before he was physically in the flesh here, when he was in the womb, his mother didn't count that yeah. to be. Like a... And how hard would that have been for Mary? Yeah. Like you're literally walking around with the Son of God in your mm-hmm. womb. I don't know about you, but if my wife was walking around with the Son of God in her womb, I'd be like, Hannah? Call the news. Let's tell the world, baby, we're about to be rich. You know, that's like if Bubba started speaking English, I'm putting it on social media and we're going to make some money off the dog. You know what I'm saying? Bubba's my dog, for those who don't know. But, um, but like, you, you see even the humility there with Mary. Yeah. Which is, which is probably why God chose her to be the mother. Yeah. You know? He didn't choose somebody who was going to uh, use that to her advantage. Yeah, I mean, everything... Every part detail of mm-hmm. the birth of Jesus was yeah. full, like full proof planned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He came in humility the first time, <laughs> coming in power the second. Mm-hmm. That was a quote from somewhere. I can't remember where though. I think I said that. Oh, oh, did you? oh really? Yeah, I bet you did. Uh, but I think you had. That was yeah. a Jackson Hardy quote. <laughs> but what is the? And you know, we can, we can. If we're not reading too deeply into the divinity part of it, we can see ourselves within, like, this hymn, right? Like, we're called to follow an example of Christ. What, how, do, how do we do that, learning from this hymn? Well, we serve each other sacrificially as he did. Mm-hmm. We count each other as being more important than ourselves. And, but even, like, verses 9 through 11 have, a, have a, a relation to us as believers today. Check it out. It says, Therefore God has highly exalted him 
Bestowed on him the name is above every name, so the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Uh, let me, let me, where is my notes on this? Yeah, here it is. Uh, let me just read it to you. It is a comfort for believers to know that the laying down of our lives to serve others will not be in vain, for there is coming a day in which every wrong will be made right, sin and death no more. There will be no more tears, no pain, no heartache, no fear, no sickness or illness, no more lawlessness, because Christ is Lord. And when he comes the second time, of a manger in Bethlehem, it will be in the triumphant circumstances of him as king. So how does this apply to us? We share in his inheritance as God the Father's adopted children in Christ. According to Romans 8, 16-17, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we also may be glorified with him. Mm. Like this glorification of Christ is going to one day also be our glorification in him. Mm. Like we're not going to be the name that every tongue confesses or bows at. Like that's not going to be what it is. But that exalted status where he is uh, in power over all things, we're going to share in that with him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not going to be to the same degree. But, um, but man, all these things that we're like in bondage to now, all these things that we are subject to in our flesh, like like... Every six hours we need to eat, or else we get starving, hungry. You know, every so often we need to drink something. Every so often we get sick. Every so often we're, we're, we get tired. You know, like we're we're in subjection to all these different fleshly things even today. Mm-hmm. Even even like considering our sin that we contend with on a daily basis, mm-hmm. those things will have no bondage over us, no claim over us. One day when Christ returns. Mm-hmm. Now let me let me uh, let me get into some nuances here. With these verses. Number one is verse nine. You see who exalted him. Okay? This was not an exaltation from man. Mm-hmm. This is not something that, well, the church decided that we need to exalt Jesus. So let's make sure that when we talk about what is holiness and right, you know, let's make sure we mention Jesus. We're gonna exalt him ourselves. This isn't this isn't a conspiracy theory from the Roman Empire to somehow make this Jesus character more powerful than others. Or, is that, or some sort of martyr figure for our empire. Mm. Like his exaltation came from God himself, not from man. Mm-hmm. And we need to recognize the permanence in that. There are many things which man exalts, and all of those things will fall away. All of those things fail. All, none, of those, none of those things hold up in the long term. Mm-hmm. But when God exalts, when God makes known, what God establishes, the only one who can take away from that is God. Mm. And he will not take away the exaltation of his son. Okay. Uh, number 10, so the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth. It's, uh, let me back up a little bit. Bestow on him the name that is above every name. It's interesting, these verses, because we, we see the name of Jesus there. That was his name from birth. So what, what, what transpires that, that happens where God bestows the name that every person is going to bow at or confess one day, what transpires there? Like, what, what is actually being said here? And what's being said here is the lordship of Christ is given by God. 
Like it's not it's not that he was just given the name Jesus at after his crucifixion and resurrection, but that he was given the name Lord hmm. after his resurrection. And he's always Lord, right? But the power, the authority, the subjection of all things to himself, that comes with that new name that God has given, Lord. Mm. Okay? So there's a focus on his lordship. But here's, here's a question for y'all. Let's, let's think about this for a second. Verses 10 and 11. Literal or no? Literal or not? Literal or no? I mean, I do think every knee will bow because when he comes back the second time, like we were just talking about. I mean, I think I think it's taken pretty literally in a sense. I mean, I don't mm. think I don't think it's like I don't think that the believer has to physically get down on their knee to be, mm-hmm. you know, like. And have any type of like salvation, but I think like it's the, I guess not the mindset, but the spiritual stance, the spiritual standpoint of like sure. lowering yourself to mm-hmm. like realizing, you know, give glory to God in that sense, you know. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually thought about this from a different perspective. Because I, I do believe that every believer in Christ is going to, in a spiritual sense, if not a physical sense as well, submit to the lordship and authority of Christ, which is the point, right? Uh, I'm not sure, and it really doesn't matter if it's literal or not, okay, the point still stands. I'm not sure if this is a literal, every single knee is going to bow, and every single tongue is going to confess. I think what the Apostle Paul is pointing at here is that the authority of Christ is going to be all-consuming. Mm. That there will be nothing, nothing that is over him. Like everything in all of creation will be underneath his reigning power. And so maybe you, maybe you can take it literally. And, you know, if you do, that's fine. Like I don't think anybody's a heretic for taking that literally. Like maybe at the second coming, literally every knee and every tongue is going to get down bow and confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Hmm. Maybe so. How, how you reconcile that with passages about him taking the sheep and the goats away from each other and the goats are going to be condemned and the sheep are going to be redeemed. Like How do you deal with that and those passages? I'm not sure. But, but regardless, the point still stands that all things will be subject to him. Hmm. We, we think about what humankind submits to today. What we confess with our tongues today. We confess all manner of things. All sorts of wacky things, really. Mm-hmm. We think about what does mankind submit to today? What do we metaphorically bend the knee to today? We do it to all sorts of things, honestly. Mm-hmm. But one day, one day, and, and even to a degree today, right? Christ is an authority over all. Yeah. And one day we will see that realized in a tangible way. Mm-hmm. And that day is coming. That's the day when he returns. Mm-hmm. And so for anybody, you know, listening to this podcast, if you've made it this far, first of all, thank you. Um, you've somehow endured uh, my ramblings. Um, but, you know, for anybody who's listening to this podcast, what this means is that you have a decision to follow Christ in faith or to reject him in sin. Mm. 
And, and there's no sitting on the fence with Jesus. There's no neutrality with him. That is, that according to the scriptures, he said himself, you're either with me or you're against me. Mm-hmm. There's no in-betweens with him. Today, if you are listening and you, and you are against him, and neutrality is against him, okay? Mm-hmm. Submit to him today. Yes. Follow him today. Repent of your sins and profess your faith in Christ as Lord, because he is Lord. And you are going to see that one day. And even if this is physically at the end when Jesus comes back, every tongue confessing and knee bowing, then it'll be too late. Yeah. Because I I do think that that when Jesus does come back, everyone will autumn will know it's the Lord because what else would be like that? Yeah. And I think that that could be trumpet sounding. Yeah. The heavens tearing open. But if you think you can wait till then, you're wrong. And because a you don't know when that'll be, and b it's too late when that does happen. You're not going to be you're not going to be able to weasel your way out of the yeah. condemnation that's coming. Yeah. And uh, many of us think we will. Mm-hmm. Many of us think we will be able to talk our way out of it or be able to convince. But the reality is, is that outside of Christ, you are dead in your sin. Mm-hmm. Your soul is lost, and you are in desperate need of a savior. Yeah. And if you wait till that day, it will be too late. And even how, as we were talking about serving people, I I don't believe you can fully serve people without being a believer. How having that relationship with Christ. But even if you are in a shadow of that serving people, that doesn't ultimately matter whatever you do for people if you're not doing it in Christ. Yeah. You can serve people all you want to, but that's not going to get you into heaven. Right. Well, and, yeah, it's, and it's, uh, even, even, even non-believers with the best motives for others serve with selfish reasons in mm-hmm. mind, selfish motives at heart. You know, because, okay, if I'm not doing this for Christ, then what am I doing this for? At best, you can say, well, I'm doing this for the good of humanity. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you're still putting humanity on the throne. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're still putting humanity as in the ultimate authority rather than God himself. Mm. And most, most, of them, most of us don't even get to that point. We just say, well, I want to serve because it makes me look good. Yeah. Or because people will also think well of me. Yeah. Or because people will serve me in turn. Yeah. Like, most of us don't even get to, well, I'm just trying to serve humanity. But even that's idolatry in the end, mm. you know? And, and I hope that I don't sound oh, too harsh with this. No. I mean, obviously, we're passionate about it. Yeah. But, like, all of us were dead in our sin. All of us were lost in our transgressions. And all of us uh, have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. Like, we didn't bring anything to the table in terms of our salvation. Mm. Like we don't, we're not sitting around this this round table, thinking that we're something, mm. because we're not. Yeah, we're just people who have been saved by His grace. We're beggars who found the bread, mm. and we're trying to let the, the rest of the beggars know where the bread is. Mm. And the bread of life is found only in Christ Jesus. Yep. You want to hear my closing thought, Ben? I would love I to hear your got, closing you, thought. I know y'all usually do closing thoughts. <laughs> so we have been called in following the example of Christ to count each other as more important than even ourselves. And to serve each other with the Mm. same attitude as that of Christ the Lord. Yep. Amen to that. You have anything? I'm good. Jackson? If heaven didn't cover it, then (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Well, would you like to pray for us? I will. Then we'll move into just some little announcements and logistical things. Yeah. Let Let me pray for us. Uh, Lord, we do come before you thanking you, God, for who you are. 
thanking you for your mercy, your grace, your love, your kindness, Lord. Thank you so much for, for redeeming us, rescuing us from the domain of darkness and transferring us by the blood of your Son into his uh, everlasting kingdom. Thank you so much, God, for this opportunity, this privilege to be able to share with these two young men, to share with your listeners, Lord, uh, from your word this, uh, this day. Lord, we just pray that you would uh, help your word to not return null or void, but the God that it would go out, that it would produce a fruit and harvest that is unto your kingdom for your glory, for your honor. God, I thank you so much for Ben. I thank you so much for Jackson, their hearts to serve you, to serve your body. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, that you would keep them, that you would draw them near to you, Lord, that you would help them to walk uh, in you and, and to stand firmly upon your word, Lord. Lord, we praise you for their recent milestones and their graduations. God, you have brought them this far. Lord, I know you're going to bring them even further. God, I pray as they begin to uh, prepare to go to college, Lord, that you would help them to stand firm in the faith, that they would love the people around them, that they would love you more as a result of that. And God, that they would they would just know you deeply and personally, God. Thank you for your son. Thank you for the, the, the example that he sets for us in serving and loving others. May we follow him in that example. May we love him well. And Lord, may we make him known with our lives, with our words, with our, with our actions. Thank you so much again for the cross of Jesus Christ, in which he bled and died on behalf mm -hmm. of sinners so that we may be saved. And it's in his name. Amen. 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 So, no official closing thoughts for today or probably for the next few episodes. So, if you're just tuning into this one and you haven't been keeping up in the past few episodes, for this episode and the following five, it will have similar to this format. And Jackson will be on those if you good to do that yeah yeah so we have two guests already lined up for the week after you're listening to this and two weeks after you're listening to this and then still have three spots and we can fill those spots but if you have someone who has been on the podcast before that you would like to be back on and as i said we're not trying to be mean but jackson and i do of course have the final stamp i'll come back to you on any yeah <laughs> And, Jack said, not after today. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is going to be leading up to our second birthday or anniversary of the Lackadar podcast. And if you would like to, if you have had a favorite episode or you've been listening since the start and you just want to send in a little snip of encouragement for, to put, for us to put in the second episode, we'd love to hear that from you. Favorite episode, encouragement, not for us. But for the podcast, if, it, if the Lord's used it in some way, we'd love to hear from you about that. So I have t-shirts that are each $20 and pop sockets, bracelets, and stickers. And keep on the lookout because we might be doing another drawing like we did last year for an autographed t-shirt by me and Jackson. So keep your eye out for that. That'll be, of course, on our social media pages. And if you don't follow those, they'll be in the episode description along with my my Instagram, Jackson's Instagram, and if Evan's okay with it, his Instagram. Yeah, I never check Instagram. Okay, well. But I'm sure you can find him on Facebook. Yeah, link me to my, link to my Facebook. Okay, or, I yeah. Don't know, we'll I'll do put that. my phone number on here. Let's put, let's put his phone number. Yeah, we'll put his phone number. Y'all may just give me my social security number. Yeah. Well, just put that on there. Credit card information. <laughs> oh, you won't get anything out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor. Mm. <laughs> well. Thank you again for coming back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're glad. Jackson, glad you're going to be on a few episodes with us. And, and if you also don't like Jackson, we can see if we can get somebody else on wow. some of those episodes. 
Just kidding, Jack. Hey, Jackson's great, man. He is. Just, you know, he's, he's high on life right now. He graduated last night. Yep. Jackson has to stay, so. There's no choice. Okay. Well, well, if you do something, that's... All of a sudden, viewership goes way down. Way down. <laughs> so, we're going to have to make a decision here. It's either viewers or Jackson. Sorry, Jackson. You're fired. Oh. Right, well, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you have a great week. I love you guys. Go point to the point. Goodbye.